All right, so it's Matthew and Lisa again. We're just hopping in here. Uh, we actually are recording this one right after the last one. Um, because we're on a roll. Elisa feels like we're on a roll. So, <laughs> so you don't. <laughs> so we're just going to run with this. So um, so again, we are Matthew and Elisa. We live in Minnesota, and we are bivocational disciple makers, which basically means that uh, we... Uh, work uh, a lot. We work full-time jobs. I actually have two jobs that I work. Um, Elisa uh, is very involved at a coffee shop that we uh, we own. Um, she manages that and also is raising, uh, we're raising four kids. So And homeschooling. Yes, and she's homeschooling. And so we are in the thick of it, but we are doing what we can to own our call to make disciples in the places in which we have been planted. And we value the small. We believe that small is significant. We also firmly believe that the direction that the church is going, the church is going to look very different in the next 10 years, uh, in 10 years than it does now. And we believe that small is the new big. And we have a passion to see, um, normal Christians um, discover what they are really passionate about, what they love, and to combine that with um, the needs of the world around them and to see new microchurches get started, to see them get um, uh, empowered and launched into following Jesus in the everyday spaces of life. So that's a little bit about who we are. Um, Elisa, do you want to intro the topic sure, sure. today? I really wanted to talk about the secret sauce for making disciples because I think it took us took us a while to to really understand this and I think it has really helped us uh, build community effectively and and I think community and being known and being seen is something that's so desired and longed for and it's so rare out there uh, in the church and and a lot of times even when people find it they they can't sustain it like it they they'll find a small group and it's great for a while and then after that like something sort of goes south and and it doesn't seem to work anymore and that has happened to us as well and so I I feel like the secret sauce for community is really, it goes back to that, to that verse that says, go into all the world and make disciples. Like that scripture is, that scripture verse is full of movement. It's go, go. It doesn't, it doesn't say stay. (laughs) It says go, it's movement. And so that movement is the mission that 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 Jesus like one of the, the last thing he said before he went up to his father was he he shot us out like arrows he shot his his disciples out like arrows and and so i think really that is the secret sauce for making disciples and when when you're operating in that you're going to find that churches form that that's how God builds his church, that you don't even have to strain and strive. And yes, it is work. It's work and it's unseen work. It's, it's unglamorous 
work, but it's, it's very fulfilling and very exciting to be a part of God's story and to be a part of God's mission. So Matthew, what do you think that looks like on a practical level in someone's life? So just so I understand, you were saying the secret sauce is to go. It's, it's mission to be on mission. Yeah. Yeah, So I think that, um, I forget if we have talked about it on the podcast before or not, but, uh, there is this concept of, you know, what are the, what are the minimal things that actually make the church, the church? And I would argue it's three things. It's, um, it is communion with God. Uh, it is community with other people. And it's being involved in the co-mission, the commission, um, to go and make disciples. And so really until, until an individual disciple or a church community embraces the mission piece, there's forever going to be something missing. Um, no matter how great, uh, worship you have, no matter how great the community, the sense of community and belonging is, we were created to work and we were created to go and to do and to serve and to serve. You know, I was just reading this morning, um, in the gospel of John and Jesus talking about how he came to, he came to serve. He came to pour out his life. And, and when we are brought into God's family, um, we are um, hired on into the family business. And I think it's important to know that mission, mission is not something that we create and, um, and just build on our own. But God, um, God the Father is on a mission. He has been on a mission since the very beginning. And so we as followers of Jesus, um, we participate in God's mission for restoring the world. And, and I think, I think that what a lot of us probably need help with is discovering how, how can I participate in God's mission? We don't know. We don't know how. Well, we don't know how until until the Holy Spirit shows us. But I think that's the exciting thing is to discover he wants to show us and he wants that even more than we do. He wants that for mm-hmm. us. And, and I think, so I kind of wanted to bring it down to a really practical level. What is that? What does that look like? And what does that, what does that mean? And I think, um, and I think it, it, there's a couple different things. Um, I think each of us are very unique and each of us have different skills, different interests, different, you know, a different way that we could bring beauty to the place where we're, that we could bring God's kingdom. Cause we're supposed to pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we get to be a part of that mm-hmm. in, in our own unique way. So there's, there's the unique way that I do it, but then there's also the way that I can do it with other believers, you know, cause it's good for me to do that on my own with the friends that I have and with the circles where I run in, 
but then it's also good for me to to be able to do that with a group of people. And mm-hmm. sometimes I need to be the catalyst to start that, to start doing that with a group of people, because nobody nobody wants to be alone doing it by themselves forever. Yeah, I think two things two things that come to me to to try to make it really practical. Um, I think first of all, we need to break down in our minds the division between what is sacred and what is secular. Because, you know, I was raised in a, in a denomination and for many, many years I had, I had no friends who were not like, I literally had no friends except the people who went to that church. And when it came to like trying to figure out like what I was passionate about so much of my passion like my, my options for what I could be passionate about were all tied up in what the activities of the church were. Um, so, you know, well, are you, are you passionate about serving? Are you passionate about work projects? Are you passionate about like Bible quizzing? It was like all of my, all my, my only options to really like the only valid things that I could do that were, that, you know, where I could ascribe my passion to were activities inside of the church. And so I think we have to break down that separation between what we see as sacred and what we see as secular. And, um, and then the second thing connect, but connected to it is we need the Holy Spirit to help us dream and think creatively about how we can use, um, our, our hobbies and our interests for the kingdom. So I know I use this example so many times from another community, but you know, this, this, this gentleman who was a teacher for his whole life, but he always really enjoyed doing woodworking. And when he retired, he opened up a, like basically a woodworking shop in, in a very rough area of the town that he lived in where, um, where young men who hadn't had a father they, they sort of found themselves coming in and he would teach them how to like make furniture and make things with wood and use that as an opportunity to love the people who were around him, who lived around where his shop were and he invested in them. And that became an opportunity for mission. And like what a creative expression because it didn't involve a Sunday morning service. It didn't involve speaking from a platform, but what it involved was an older man working with wood, doing something he enjoyed and bringing other young men along the journey with him in that conversation around a woodworking table. And, um, by the way, our kids are starting to wake up, but I also wanted to give another example of that. Another practical example, um, just, I know a lady who she goes, she loves to do quilting and she has really just taken ownership over the, over the quilting, the ladies in her, in her quilting group. Hmm. And she is praying for them every day when, um, she started a text thread or they have a, maybe they already had a text thread, uh, but if anyone has a need or anyone is struggling, she sends out a prayer for them. Um, they go on little quilting retreats together. She loves those ladies. She's always looking for ways to encourage them. 
And uh, so that's one example. Another example is uh, we have a we have a coffee shop, and it's our goal to bring beauty to our city. And and so we do that in any possible way that we can. And we bring other people with us on that mission, even people who maybe don't follow Jesus. And um, and we, um, sorry, we're laugh- I'm laughing at some of the, the noises that are coming out of the next room. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear them on the recording. But, um, but that, that's, I just feel like wherever you are planted, if you are, if you are discipling someone and you're allowing them to disciple you back, um, it's very important to, from the beginning, include that, fo- that focus on how can we, ser- okay, who are your, who, who are your friends that need, that have a need and how can we meet that need together? Mm-hmm. You know, for right from the very beginning, who are the people around us? that have a need? What are we, you know, where are, the, where are the people that are lonely? Where are the people that don't have enough? Where are the people that have lost a loved one? Where are the people that, you know, there's so many opportunities to reach out and serve. And and I think sometimes it's hard to find those opportunities, but that's where you can even, and we've done this, start praying with that person. Even our neighborhood, I remember like for a long time I would pray with my neighbor, and I still do. I have a neighbor who does, who be, became a follower of Jesus and we pray for our neighborhood and we look for opportunities. If someone is going through something, we are there. We bring a meal. We bring a card. We show up, you know, something uh, is, as you were talking, I was reminded of, um, I think it's in a book called the forgotten ways by Alan Hirsch and Michael Frost. Just a fantastic book. It's, it's a little heady. So if you're not into heady kind of stuff, either, you could, you could just skim through it or maybe give the book to somebody who is heady and then have them give you the recap <laughs> or something. But one of the things that so impacted me was they shared, uh, I forget how they shared it, but basically the idea of like, you can invite people who are not yet followers of Jesus to participate in the mission with you. Like, because what is God's mission? Like God's mission, yes, is to like draw people to himself and, and like seeing people's lives transformed is like absolutely part of God's mission. But like ultimately God is bringing about the restoration of all things. And which means that, um, the lonely are comforted. It means that the people who are vulnerable become protected. The people who are down and out get seen and loved and, and like everybody wants a king like Jesus, like the values of God's kingdom, when they're expressed in a really practical way outside of a church building, like people want that. Like mm-hmm. we, we know people who are not yet followers of Jesus, but they, they show up to certain things, certain events, because there's something in their heart that is moved by it and they want to participate in something of value. And they have something to give. Absolutely. They have something that we need and they're, they have something to contribute and we know it and they know it. Right. And we value that. Absolutely. So like, even when you're trying to discover like, you know, Oh, what, what is something I can do? And let's say like, you really enjoy like playing, playing board games or something like that. Like the next step is not 
like, oh, let me only think of people who are Christians who can participate with me in this. And help me do it. And help me do it. Like, no, like you're, you're thinking about it all wrong. Like, like find people who are passionate about playing games, who want connection and gather those people and begin just, just start playing games. Right. And, right. and, and start looking again, like we, like we said in the last episode, that discipleship is not something that just happens. It's not something that can be scheduled. It's, it's inviting people to participate in life together in following in the way of Jesus. So you can begin playing board games with people and modeling how, how Jesus would interact in a situation like that. You can start living and just loving people. And from that, be looking for opportunities to go a little deeper. Yeah. And I think the last thing I would say about that is I think it's really helpful to, it's been really helpful to us to know the specific mission that God has called us to. And it's actually, ours is really simple. And that is to reach the people that fall between the cracks. I mean, that phrase has come up for us so many times to reach the people that fall. So we make disciples and we reach the people that are falling between the cracks. We, we reach, we, 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 and, and then, but we also do that. We do that in, in different ways, but it always comes back to that. And when we make a call out, Hey, like even recently, we, we, we noticed that there's a, there's a lot of people that are lonely in our community and, and hungry for connection. So we're like, Hey, let's start a, let's start a coffee club where we can play games, do crafts, get together. We like hanging out with these people. We have fun. It's fun for us. It also makes a safe space and a place where people can belong. And, um, and it's something that, that we can call people that we know have that same passion. Like, Hey, I noticed that you are, you're always, always noticing the person that's getting less left out. Do you want to help us do this? Because, you know, it's a need that we see in the community and they're like, yeah, you know, Mm. and, uh, Anyway, so that's a secret sauce. It will propel you forward, but you have to keep it in front. That mission piece, you have to keep it in front of you. Yeah, I was just, just in closing, I was just thinking about that whole idea of reaching the people who fall between the cracks. And I think that to some people who hear that, that may sound maybe like a little patronizing (laughs) or demeaning or something, but I feel like for us, we have really, we have really come to own those places in the cracks and, and see ourselves as in the cracks. We, (laughs) we live in the cracks. We like Like, it there. We like it there. And we love the people who are there and they are, they are our people. Like they are not, they're not a project. We don't leave from a place of high visibility to go into the cracks where those people are. It's like, it's like we live there and we see the people who fall into the cracks and like we, we love them and we want them to become part of our tribe and like they can and we And we love them with, we want, we seek to love them with no strings attached. Right. You know, as best as we can, as best you as know? we can, you know? So, so anyway, I hope that has been encouraging and we'll talk to you guys next time. All right. Bye.